Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. The Badlands are all about transition. We find ourselves in, in, a, in a wilderness experience, in a Badland experience, because we're on our way to somewhere that God has prepared for us. That God has already prepared for us. For Israel, it was the promised land. God had the promised land all prepared for them. And they, well, you know, they based bad choices. They didn't really have to spend that 40 years in the wilderness. But they did. But, but God had a place for them. So it was a place of transition for them. For Jesus, his wilderness experience, it was a transition to his ministry. And ultimately... Our salvation, our redemption. So there was a transition there. For us, our promised land is this. That we get to have a deeper, abiding, free, powerful, life-giving walk with Jesus. This is our promised land. That we, we get to experience God as sons and daughters. That's really our promised land. That we, you know, that we learn to live with God on this planet. This is our promised land as sons and daughters. So the Badlands are all about transition. And the thing that we probably love the best about the Badlands, it's all about testing, trying. The Badlands are all about testing us. And that testing produces some some powerful questions. Some, some questions I think that we all share, that every human being shares on this planet. Who am I? And why am I here? Not just who am I and why am I here in this wilderness. Why I, am I here on this planet? Who am I? Those things get brought to the surface a lot more when you're going through a trial or and through a time of testing in the wilderness, in the badlands. And the other questions like, who is God and why should I trust him? Who is God and why should I trust him? I find myself lost in the wilderness, roaming in the wilderness, experience the badlands and all that it is. Who is God now? And why should I trust him? These These are questions that need to be answered. So you might be thinking, is it possible to find life in in such a a dead zone? Is the promise that Jesus made of life more abundantly possible even in the badlands? Where it's a desolate place of uncertainty, where our, our faith might feel cold, might feel old, might feel distant, and maybe even unreliable. Can we find life in the Badlands? The short answer is yes. So if you head over to Matthew 4, we'll get there in a minute. I think Jesus' promise of life more abundant is even for the Badlands, for our experience walking through the Badlands. Because I think every Badland experience, every wilderness experience we go through is designed and purposed to bring forth life in us. And it's 
the, Jesus is experiencing this in his own wilderness, in his own badlands, that gives me that kind of hope. In this, uh, in, the, in the book of Matthew, we find, it's also in Mark and Luke, but we find this powerful story about the temptation of Jesus. So we want to know how to walk through the badlands. Like I said before, we, Jesus shows us how to do this. And, and I'm so glad that he did. Now, this story amazes me on so many levels. Jesus has been baptized by John. He comes out of the water and he hears God speak that says, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Man, this is huge proclamation by God. It's huge affirmation by God to Jesus. How do you think Jesus feels? I, I'm, I'm assuming that Jesus feels pretty good. You know, he's, he's hearing the voice of God, his father say, this is my son. I, I, I am so pleased with him. It's, a, it's an affirmation that, that is just, I think all of us, first of all, would want to hear it for ourselves. But I mean, it is a powerful proclamation and affirmation by God. And right after that, Right after that, in verse 1, we read, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You ever want to pause right there, scratch your head, and wonder? Jesus has just come out of the water. He's heard this great proclamation. This is my beloved son. I am pleased with him. And now I'm going to send him into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Okay, this is, this is unsettling. The, the book of Mark says he was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness. This is a, this is, there is a, a show of force here by God leading Jesus into his wilderness experience. It's not like Jesus didn't want to go, but he was urged very much by the Holy Spirit to go into the wilderness. There's, there's a big, big moment to pause there and say, Jesus knows what it feels like to enter a, a wilderness season, a badland experience. Now, we usually equate the word temp with that we're, we're being tempted to, to do something evil, to do something sinful, to do something bad. But the Greek word actually means to be tested to show what you are made of, basically. And so he is, it is it's a form of discipline that this word is talking about here. And so... This is what Jesus has sent into the wilderness of order to, to see what he's made of. Jesus knows what he's made of. God knows who Jesus is. It's so that we can see what Jesus is made of as we read this account. It's beautiful, and it's absolutely beautiful. So God just does, does this immediately after affirming Jesus. He sends him to the badlands to be tempted and tested, did I mention, by the devil. To me, this the first lesson to gain from this is this that the badlands are not punishment. The badlands are not punishment. 
during this 10 months since Christine has died, I have struggled off and on with this thought that I'm going to share with you. I probably struggled with it almost every day. It is the idea that God had and is punishing me. And so he sent me into these badlands where I have to, to learn how to live without my wife. Now I know that that's not true, but it's still a wrestle. So that's why I think it's important to realize that the, that the badlands, are, are, they're not punishment. We, you may be led into the wilderness, into the season of, of, of the badlands, but you're not being punished. And God is not angry with you. Although we often think he is. Now the badlands are not punishment, but they do give you perspective. We may drift into a badlands experience because of our choices. We might drift into one because of sin. I'm not, I'm not saying that we don't. That sometimes our bad choices cause us to go into a, a badland experience. But I don't believe God is angry with us still. I don't think it's punishment still. Not from God. It's a result of our own bad choices. And in case that we think we should be surprised by this... 1 Peter 4.12 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange was happening to you. The badlands are not punishment and they do push and pull us all around in many different directions, but the badlands are not meant to drive us away from God. They are meant for us to dive into his presence more, to, to seek his face more. Never this whole hunger for God thing. You know, the badlands will make you hungry. You're going to see that. The badlands are so that we can see what our faith is made of and to strengthen our relationship with God. We associate the badlands with distance from God but it's really a time to connect with God. Let's move on to verses 2 and 3. This is temptation number 1. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and told him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. So not only does Jesus have to face the enemy in the badlands, he has to do it after 40 days of fasting. And the Bible calmly says he was hungry. The Greek there actually means that he was craving and he was suffering from lack of food. He was weak. He was famished. He was starving. He was hungry. It was causing him physical pain. This Greek word means there was physical pain in this in his hunger because he had gone so long without food. And that's when the enemy came. I think it is 
it's really important to understand that as we get into what this battle is all about. The enemy was attacking Jesus' identity and his purpose as a son. Remember, he had this great affirmation from Father God. And then he immediately goes into the wilderness. Of course the enemy is going to attack that. Attack his relationship with Father God. This is what it's all about. This whole thing. This whole thing is about our relationship. Because the enemy wants to use the badlands to separate us from God. The enemy just wants to use those experiences. The wilderness experience. The badlands experience to separate us from Father God. And by the way, it'll happen outside the Badlands as well. The enemy will still try that. But, you know, we're hungry in there. We're vulnerable in there. Or are we? Or are we? So the enemy tempts Jesus and says, Go ahead, you're supposed to be powerful. Make bread. Take these stones and make some bread. You're God's son, aren't you? Don't trust God. Do it yourself. This is the temptation of self-reliance, of not depending on God. He's tempting Jesus to, to abuse his authority. The temptation is clear. What will you trade away to satisfy your appetite? What will you give away to satisfy your appetite or your need to prove yourself? See, the Badlands are going to, they're going to test a lot of things about who you are and who you are in Christ. And I, but I love, I love Jesus' answer. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of of God. Man, Jesus, Jesus nails it. He knows how to deal with the enemy. Sorry, I lost my place here. Jesus says, I will not misuse my power to satisfy my own gain. I was sent out here for a purpose, and I'll let my Father dictate that purpose. Powerful. Jesus echoed this, you know, in in the book of John. He said, Jesus said to him, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Jesus understood the bigger picture of his own particular mission in that. And his hunger was to do the Father's will. And he depended on the the word of God to defend his life. Verses 5 through 6. This is temptation number 2. And then the devil took him to the holy city and sent him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written... He will command his angels concerning you. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. See how the enemy distorts scripture? It's, it's like going, you know, you know, 
with this kind of verbal battle, which is as if, oh, Jesus, you're going to use Scripture? Well, I can use Scripture too. It's an important thing to realize that the enemy will use Scripture against you. Distort the Scripture against you. You know, you know, the enemy has a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's just not a very good one. He knows the Word. And he knows how to distort the Word. It's important for us to know the Word so that we can recognize the distortion. How you uh, identify counterfeit bills? Do you study counterfeit bills? You study the real thing so that you can spot the counterfeit. It's the same thing. We must, we must, we must, we must know His Word. We must know His Word. The temptation is, what will you believe and accept as truth just to be rescued? To be taken out of the bad man. Again, you've got to love Jesus' answer. He says, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus is saying that you can't test God's character or his power. God's word is his word. He means what he says. He doesn't have to prove himself. He is God. And he is good. Jesus is telling the enemy, I won't let your distortion distort my identity, my purpose, my relationship with the Father. And Jesus didn't let his hunger or his physical weakness or his trial that he was going through Give up on believing that his father was good. And when we want to judge God's goodness, there is one criteria that we have. There's there's lots of criteria, but the one main criteria, we don't judge God's goodness by our length of stay in the Badlands, by the time spent there. We, st- we judge God's goodness by the cross. The ultimate expression of God's goodness is the cross. And the redemption that we receive from the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. This is how we judge God's goodness. Not about our suffering or our trials or the temptations or the testing or our, the, 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 however long the season is that we spend in the, in the badlands. We judge God's goodness by the cross. By the cross. Because without it, I mean, that's how we judge God's goodness. The third and the last badland battle, verses 89. Again, the, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. The enemy tempts Jesus to worship him. That The Hebrew word there, um, the Greek translated from the Hebrew there means to bow before, to, to kiss the hand. 
and the whole bowing before them, and the, the Greek, the Greek picture there, the word picture for the, uh, for the that, that's translated from the Hebrew. This is where it gets kind of a little complicated. Is um, uh, the picture of a dog coming before someone? So, yes, he's tempted Jesus to worship him, but he's also saying, you know what? You got you got to kind of grovel. You you got you got to come to me like a dog. This is this is insulting <laughs> on so many levels here. And, and again, he's asking Jesus to accept a false father figure. He's trying to substitute his fathership with the, the deep and loving relationship that he has with Father God. And I love the fact... <laughs> that we must understand that the enemy makes promises that he can't keep. He promises the world to Jesus, but the, but the enemy can't give something he doesn't own. Psalm 24 one says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Jesus doesn't quote this verse here, but he obviously knows this verse. He knows that he owns the world, that he made the world. The, the enemy can't give him something that doesn't belong to the enemy to give. Jesus knows us because he knows the word. He knows his father's heart. In verse 10, Jesus has had enough of this. He is so done with this. And he said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. What I love about it is that Jesus answers the enemy with power and authority. And so can we. And it's all here. All the authority, all the words of authority are right here. Well, wait for us to, to use, to memorize, to, to you know, the two-edged sword of the word. This is what Jesus is saying. This is how, this is how you survive. This is how you have life more abundantly even in the wilderness, even in the badlands, you live on God's word. You breathe God's word. You walk in God's word. You use it with authority, with power, with confidence because of God's goodness. The temptation to quit and to lose heart and surrender is so real and made so Seemingly easy to do in the Badlands. It tempts us to to reject what we know about God. And the longer we stay in one, the harder it gets to, to recognize the goodness of God. But I think if we if we can keep this, the Word of God in our hearts and our minds and our spirits. think we can find that abundant life. Proverbs 35 says that God keeps every promise he makes and he is like a shield for all those who seek his protection. You have to deal with the badlands before you can leave it. 
and to avoid when you're in the midst of one is insanity. There are times that I pretend that I'm doing okay. There are times that I act like I'm okay. The truth is, I'm not okay. And that is okay. And the truth is for all of us. We're not okay. We're not. Not when we're in a Badlands experience. However, the truth is, when Jesus said, that the enemy comes to rob, steal, and destroy, but I have come, that you, have, you might have life more abundantly, he means it. Even in the Badlands, even in a wilderness situation. And it comes down to knowing how our older brother did it, by confronting the enemy with truth. And guess what? Confronting ourselves with truth. Because you start to believe some wacky stuff in the Badlands. Most of it centers around God not being good. You have to deal with the Badlands before you can leave it. And so in... in in the, trying to close up this prophetic word that God is giving us here, I, I, the call here is to deal with whatever badland situation that we're dealing with, walking in. And perhaps instead of looking for rescue, we should look for more of Him. Because that is our rescue. The heart of Father God is to bring us into his presence. The heart of Father God is to to bring us into a closer, more intimate relationship with him. The heart of Father God is always to rescue us. So we don't have to worry about it. But sometimes I think, sometimes I, I look for rescue more than I look for him. Believe me, during this 10 months of being without Christine, yeah, more, most days. Ah, I want to be rescued from it. I don't know what rescue looks like, but I just want to be rescued from it. Because I can't deal with it anymore. And then I remember who my father is. I remember what he's promised in this. I remember the, all his promises. They're like a shield. For all who seek his protection. So sometimes I think we don't seek his protection. We just look for rescue. And we don't care what that rescue looks like. We just want to be rescued. And I think that's what the enemy was tempting Jesus with. He was giving him all these, these methods of being rescued. And all it was going to do was cost him everything. But Jesus used the word of God. He could have flexed all his God muscles at any point. 
and sent the enemy flying. But he showed us how a human being can walk through the badlands and not just survive, but come out of the badlands intact and ready to roll with whatever God has him to do. That is amazing. God showed us how to do it through his son as a human being. He could have flexed his God muscles at any point. He didn't. I find that immensely comforting to me. That as a human being, Jesus does know what it feels like to go through the badlands. 